0: Hello, my name is Akiko. I'm from Japan. It's been 844 days that I have been dealing with the Japanese courts since my daughter was kidnapped. And this is my story.
1: Hi everyone, before we go to today's episode, I would like to remind everyone that we at Find My Parent recently launched a petition targeted at the Japanese government asking them to stand up for the 3 million kids who have been trafficked since 1991 legally with the help of single custody laws in Japan. Japan does not recognize joint custody laws as the lawyers and judges profit from it and receive up to 30% of the child support payments until the child reaches 20 or 21 years of age. While it's a gain for the lawyers and judges, this is a lost loss situation for both the children and parents affected by the single custody law. Winning this campaign and getting the attention of the Japanese government to make a change depends on our ability to call on thousands of supporters like you. Your signature is all the support that we need. Please support our petition by signing it today at wwwchangeorg Japan or check out the show notes for the links. In this episode of Your Double podcast, we are speaking to Akiko from Japan. Her daughter was kidnapped by her ex-husband almost two years ago, and she has been battling the case and trying to gain custody through the Family Court and Supreme Court of Japan. This is part two of a two-part series with akiko in part 1 we spoke a lot about what happened till the abduction of a daughter in this episode we will talk more about her battles with the family court systems in japan and her thoughts on the single custody laws in japan now without further ado let's get into this episode what did you do once you realized that your child is kidnapped by your own father
0: uh, first i just i just couldn't believe it only I thought is something is wrong. This shouldn't be a real. My child being kidnapped and just just being taken away like that, all of a sudden, and nobody would do anything to help her to come back to her own home, to her mother, Something is wrong, so it's going to be fixed so easily, so quickly. it's just something that is wrong right now, and uh she will come home come home, no time. That's what I thought, really, for the first three months. I was devastated, sometimes suicidal, I shouldn't say, but really, it's that hard, and then just you know no words can describe how. We, the parents who got kidnapped our child all of a sudden. There's no words can describe how we feel, right? I did totally, totally. I I was so optimistic, but I yes then, and in my first lawyer is not helpful at all. Uh, was and she was doing fine. He was doing fine, but um, I wasn't satisfied. Then I started doing some research, like you've done. And uh, soon started to realize okay, this problem is not only mine. This Unbelievable, unforgettable, unhumane act is happening every day, especially here in this country. And all the right people are losing, actually, and being alienated by the children for years. And that was my worst case scenario. That was my nightmare. So I still didn't want to, Believe it, I still wanna, you know, believe it. And not many lawyers, I, so I, I, I went to uh, meet many lawyers who uh, claim themselves as professional in custody issues. Not many lawyers actually knew these kidnapping case is so popular in Japan. They they don't even know that. So that was another shock to me. And, And many lawyers were reluctant to fight and win because they knew once a child started living with one parent. Japanese court always cited this uh, parent only because they have this time to live with the child. Yeah, but what about what about, you know, the past history, <laughs> what about all those six years before it, right? They only count the time after the file. So proceeding case is the only place all the lawyers can go when they make an argument, right? And then all the judges would do the same. Okay, this happened before. This is the, uh, this is the ruling made it before. So we would do this. No creativity, no justice, no sense of humanity at all, I would say. And in those precedent rulings are there because of some, someone is making money out of this ruling. Someone, someone has to make money out of this ruling. Of course, it's including the lawyers or maybe more people. Otherwise, you know, don't you think their their intuition (laughs) if people follow their intuition and their conscience, nobody would go hurting children. Nobody go abusing children and kidnapping a child or just secretly planning to Make uh, one parent alienated from the child, who who's the first um, caregiver, and wow, it just yeah, my I get too emotional. It's it's so wrong. To try to take a child away from the loving parents, it's so wrong. And
1: people who have children must know how it feels like. Something that you did that was somewhat counterintuitive is that you actually got a lawyer as soon as possible to take it at the legal level because uh, most left behind parents that I've spoken to, they won't do that. They try to negotiate and so on. What was your Mm -mm -mm -mm. thinking behind that?
0: Yeah, so I think that's a very good point. uh, you know, nobody would go to a lawyer unless they really have to, because everyone knows they're pretty expensive. Maybe not in Japan. It's, it's overall right. And I, I, I'm still learning. So this is my first experience to be, you know, in this. Uh, so I, I went to the closest lawyer ever. You know, the the my. Friend recommended him, and he said he was winning a lot of cases, but not in particularly custody and uh, custody battles. He was very good at other cases, like a traffic accidents and um, uh, corporate uh, you know, HR issues and stuff like that. But uh, I went to him, and he was nice. He, he was he was okay, but. Um, Uh, Yeah, he's the one who go with the precedent uh, ruling thing, and he knew as a lawyer, uh, being professional, statistically, uh, this case is uh, becoming very difficult. But I'm glad that I didn't go to the divorce lawyer first. If divorce lawyer is not professional, lawyer is like a, a salesperson, I think. Because if you claim yourself as a sales representative, still it depends, uh, your proficiency depends what you are going to sell, right? And the lawyer is a license to deal with all different kinds of lawsuits, yet you have to be specialized in one particular area, otherwise you're not really professional. You cannot be good at everything. Uh, So I think the divorce lawyer in Japan, not everybody, but the the lawyers who specialize themselves in the divorce case usually go to the, yeah, alimony and child support to get their money out of. So if I went to divorce lawyer, they would have been more reluctant to win for my case. because those are people who make money out of child support, and then they cannot make any money unless someone gets divorced and someone fights for the child support. Or custody. With that said, my first lawyer wasn't that bad, but still not as supportive as my current lawyer. So I'm very glad that I hired a female. It doesn't have to be the sexist, I mean, this female lawyer matter of speech was very helpful and she's very young and uh, didn't know anything about this corruption in Japan. This many child abduction cases that happened in Japan. She had no knowledge about it. So she was so compassionate about it. And uh, she tries her best to make our legal documents deliver my opinion and my facts and my side of reality, which has justice, by the way. Uh, so I'm glad that I changed my lawyers. And was wrong about my first lawyer? I just couldn't say anything, but, but he didn't support me 100%. And not as a client, but as a mother, I was pretty sure that I have a justice. And I cannot lose. I cannot uh, agree with the opponent's offer saying three hours on three days a week. Is enough. I cannot accept that.
1: I can definitely feel that you're angry, passionate, and not happy with the way that the Japanese laws are designed to assist the kidnapper instead of the parent. Am I right about that? I can feel it while you are speaking about it.
0: I'm very sad, actually, you know. Uh, Having to talk uh, to the world, which I would, like every chance that I have, I would talk about my story to the world only because this is not right. I know this is not right. What's happening in Japan is so wrong. Uh, this is a be- beautiful country. And I used to have a belief in our law, in our system and in our government. Of course we have flaws. we make mistakes, but I thought we have very democratic uh, government, maybe more so than the U.S. I thought we have our voices Heard, I, I thought I had a very uh, beautiful vision about our country and our country's future. And that's one reason why I, I came back to Japan. And I don't say I regret it because there are so many beautiful things. But when it comes to the law about child abuse and the children's rights in Japan, it's uh, so, so wrong. This is not right, this is not right. And then let me talk uh, to you why I feel this way. Because I've been fighting in two years, in court and still continuing. And luckily I have my daughter back in my house. But without a COVID-19 situation, I could have done that. This is how wrong Japanese law system is. With the COVID-19 quarantine situation, I had to be able to get my daughter back. So I was struggling with my first lawyer and then actually the second lawyer. Second lawyer is much better and it's so supportive and it's following what I wanted to, you know, say in a document. she's very good. But I've been struggling. I couldn't have my voice heard or across to any of the people in the court, not only the judge all the people attending were okay with the state of school, which means my ex kidnapped her and then lived with her and not letting her see me whenever she likes to. And then she got actually really ill after he kidnapped her because she wasn't able to see me. And then, of course, having been through that drastic change, Without her agreement, without her, you know, uh, intention was bad. So she got very angry. She was uh, ill uh, physically and mentally and got spotted out at the school. And then uh, her uh, teachers would talk to me about how she still thinks and whatnot. That was very hurtful. Okay, I I was struggling, and I would have done anything to get her back to me, but um, nobody was helping. The court people didn't help me at all, and then they kept the reporting that she's fine. She's no sign of being abused, <laughs> but that's the worst. That's the worst case, right? They said it's okay that she was. Living with a kidnapper only because this kidnapper is her real daughter, real father, and he would not hit her, or he would not stop her, or he would not, you know, do anything too bad to her. Yet, who knows, he hit me. But that's the only reason the court would say, uh, your daughter's know, okay. Don't have to be coming back to you. That lasted until this COVID-19 came uh, last year. Actually, it came, you know, two years ago, but you know, it really hit Japan in last March, and since the uh, the end of the March. All the Japanese elementary school got closed, got shut down. So, including the uh, after school childcare program being shut down. Thus, she cannot be watched by other people than parents. Of course, she has a uh, grandmother. My ex mother was the first take care of givers uh, after the kidnap. But she has a daytime job as well. And then remember I started my own company so I have all free time in my hand. So I stepped up and said in my quote uh, date, I said, oh, look, this is very um, unprecedented about this COVID-19 problem. And then everybody has to be quarantined in their homes, but the father, my ex, has to go to work every day. And his mother as well, they has to go to work in the daytime. And his mother is a 70-something who is more receptive to the virus, which is very, you know, uh, dangerous to her physical health. So she couldn't be exposed to other by traveling from her house to her son, which is my yes, uh, every day, every single day, just to take care of her granddaughters, you know, all the things. Because my daughter has a mother, which is me, and I'm the one who can take care of her all day, every day, without going anywhere. Just me and her being quarantined, and I get to take care of her like I have done so many years since she was born. So that's the statement I made, not only in a paper, but I I said it like aloud to the court. And then things a little bit changed. Still, they're reluctant. Because you know, one thing they don't want to do is something different from other, you know, precedent rulings so far. But this is unprecedented event happening, and nobody, nobody would, you know, um, take the risk to get a child affected. You you know. Uh, the virus by the virus they, they just don't want to be the one who is blamed if something happened to my daughter and it, of course they know 100 percent i'm gonna sue them if that happens it's not about her health it's about her life we're talking about and back then we were so threat, threatened so afraid of this you knew discovered the virus and many people are dying, actually, even more so now. But back then, they were more threatened. So that's how I get my daughters back. Then I convinced them uh, that I will take care of her when the school is um, closed. And it's, it's lasted for about two months. And then with that, now who's the one taking care of the child unconditionally, 24-7, like before? And after that, it is really hard for them. It's still they you know, claiming that they were the, you know. But my case is not happened by kidnapping her. Just got her back in where she used to live, she was born in, and it was the best for her, herself. And I took care of her all the homeworks and the the other schoolwork, but still we're fighting, still, still we're fighting. But even after that, uh, we had teleconference as the court date for a couple of months. Uh, uh, In Japan, probably in the US, I don't know, uh, once a month court date as a norm. It usually happens once a month. But in this um, COVID thing, we highlighted two you know, once in two months of scheduling. And we both exchanged our statements every time, but nobody wasn't able to beat me taking care of my child. Uh after the March twenty twenty, uh it was a for me to take care of my child for seven, but I uh, let my child go to uh, her father's every week, even after he kind of banned me <laughs> to access to my child. So I, I was playing nice. I, you know, for my child, okay, because my daughter likes him still. <laughs> even now, she likes him, so I, I want her to. Uh, see him constantly. So he gets to see her every week and all the holidays he has. Any off days he has from work, I uh, I would better see him. That, that's what I've been doing since March. And at the end of the year, December 2020, since the, uh, the case, this case has been lasted longer than two years. Family code kind of had to decide which one takes the custody, but this custody in Japan means different from American custody because we have two custodies one is the custody before the divorce and another is the custody after the divorce and then if you have the custody after the divorce that the that's like you are person who is a custody holder. Before the marriage, you can still claim that you know, you have a right to be a parent. But it's really, really difficult
2: when you are divorced.
1: You briefly mentioned that your case has moved from the family court to the Supreme Court. Can you explain how did that happen?
0: Yeah, yeah. So like I said, uh, family court was all about not giving me a custody back then, before the COVID. But after I kind of built some history with my daughter, it's proven, uh, you know, I'm the better custody holder. I'm the better parent, to speak, because this type of things, it doesn't have to be a COVID-19, but when some emergency happens and some uh, really important thing to our child happens, you have to be very adaptable. You have to take care of a child no matter what. You have to put the first priority on what's the best for the child, right? Which he couldn't do. I could do it. And nobody can deny that. That's why on, um, the last, uh, court day, I don't know, next day they do it it, it. it was sent, um, in December 15, the final ruling came in uh, from the family court as he appealed to the Supreme Court. And they said uh, their first, yeah, they, they actually said two reports saying that it was okay for him to take care of my daughter. But the last one, it was the final ruling, said um, I should be the first one to take care of the child. And then she has to stay living with me this house blah, 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 blah. And the rest, I couldn't uh, agree. Many of the parts that the judge wrote because she had every vote not to be seen as, um, she doesn't want to be someone who is against the precedent rulings, but she took many steps excusing well, well, well. It's not that uh, he was kidnapper. He he did right when he did this. I mean, he took care of his daughter very well for the first year and a half. But now that she's with uh, a mother and she's fine, so she, she has to stay with her like that. So I wasn't very happy about the final ruling. But the rings are ruling, and she. Uh, rules that I should be
2: the one who lives with my daughter so I'm happy for that
1: From what you're saying, I gather that it's not uncommon in Japan where the child is given to the kidnapper or the alienator. The worst part is that the law agrees to do so. Am I right?
0: This is my opinion, but my opinion is always uh, funded on the actual research and uh, the, the things that I read and uh, here, you know, and one thing that I think and I I think everybody has to uh, know is that there are very, very few cases of this kidnapping issues uh, broadcasted online or public media. And I think that's wrong. And this is a hu- humanity issue. And I wonder why. And I kind of think it's not broadcast because some big government money goes into a very limited area, NPO, NGO, lawyers, um, and they're making a good money out of it. I cannot be political <laughs> when I um, talk about this issue, but I think some politics. Uh, is definitely involved in this issue. Otherwise, something has to be done. Way, way long time ago, the Japan- Japanese government and Japanese as a country have uh, been accused of kidnapping country for many years by other countries. And other, and like the EU stated, you know, made statements in uh, American embassy uh, since the message to uh, uh, the Japanese champions and still they just kept ignoring. Technically, they will make a statement like, "Yeah, we're working on it. We have this committee and that committee to, you know, uh, to deal with this issue." But nothing has been changed. And no law, no legal action have been made to improve this issue. And I think, you know, like, like, I, like I told you before, someone somehow is making a lot of money out of the government budget, uh, being preventing this change to be happening. And that's the only reason I can think of. If not, just somebody tells me, somebody tells me. I, I think that's all money. And otherwise it cannot be explained. Like I said, in children's lives, just breaking Japanese families are not of the big of the interest to anybody in Japan, I think, but they're doing it. Especially the, the family court is doing it. Why, why? And I hear that's only because the government grants are going so much uh, you know um government grant to D V case, uh, the D V protection organizations, why not? And that's kind of big money. And also the lawyers are making their money, out that the child support, the percentage of you know, certain percentage of the child support being going to the lawyers and that that's going be their uh, promised chink, chink, sorry <laughs> to them. And then uh, that's all the things that uh, the, uh, you know, particular lawyers and uh, other organizations are trying to keep. So they do their best to remain the system. I don't know. I don't know, but it That makes sense to me. It does make sense, more sense to me than thinking that all those lawyers and judge, judges are just evils, just evil devils who are trying to hurt every child in the world. But that doesn't make sense, right? They, they used to be a child. They used to have parents, and they can't be parents their own and trying to keep this whole system that is definitely violating international law, international uh humane law, it doesn't make sense to me. So somebody has to make a lot of money. A lot of money. And then this somebody is plural, not one. A lot of people are sucking on this juice, I think. And that angers me. And I really have to change that.
1: I understand from your story that you were alienated from your daughter for some time. And I'm sure your daughter had her own doubts and questions and all that. You know, the things that a young child might assume because they don't know what is actually happening and they might have been gaslighted by someone, and so on. So how did you handle the reunification process? How did you explain to her what happened, and what was her response to all these?
2: That was a very good question. And I think there is no best answer, because I know what I should have done. Like which I tried my best, right? I I tried to do as positive as possible in front of her, but it was so difficult. When I um, finally got to see her for the first time after the kidnapping, it was like two months, I wasn't be able to see her. And that was hard. I lost a lot of weight. I didn't get to sleep. I didn't get to eat. So it was obvious that I was a mess, a big mess to her. And she was like, you know, what she did was just, you know, came to hug me. Well, she was very confused, but but, um, yeah, because there are a lot of people in the same room, two lawyers and me trying not to say anything negative to her, but I look like a mess. So I helped her and I told her it's gonna be okay, right? But still um, I could have done better. Of course she felt something. She was six years old when she got kidnapped, and then she came back when she, you know, turned to nine almost. So that long years she's been feeling, not from my uh, not from what I said, what I did, but she feels everything. She felt everything, right? Uh, and the things came to her, not from just hearings, but she had to uh, be interviewed by investigators from courts and then she had been asked a lot of a lot of questions from her teachers and her friends. Those friends would say, like, why are you living in father's house now? Or what happened? And are your parents angry at each other? Those things. And as much as I wish. I could do something about it and I just couldn't do anything, okay? Because it came not only for me, but all other people or the situation, so to speak. So it was very difficult, but I tried to be, at least I, I tried to be as positive as I could when I was around with her. I had uh, three days a week to be able to see her for about two hours. And then during that time, I want to do everything uh, funny and making her happy. But Reminding how terrible situation that she's in. I did try, but I could, you know, burst into tears sometimes because I was so unhappy uh, having to see her only two hours, two or three times a week, which was actually, you know, to be clear, very, very uh, ideal which was kind of a you know, much better condition that I could get out of the situation compared to all other parents who are suffering the same you know, crime, the kidnapping.
1: Did your daughter happen to ask any questions about what occurred in between you and your ex-husband? I'm sure she was confused or in a state of doubt about things that she heard from your ex-husband or someone else or your ex-husband's family, friends, and so on. I'm sure she was wondering what was the actual truth. Do you remember what she asked you and how did you handle that situation?
2: Mm. They They would ask all kinds of questions. They would ask all kinds of questions. Did you leave me for another man? Or did you leave me because you hated me? Or something like that. They would ask those questions. But uh, luckily, I got to see her at least three times a week, right? So I was able to show her that I loved her. And then she would, and it probably, uh, probably the same to any other, the kid experience the same thing. They would not uh, come forward, frankly, to you unless they feel very, very safe already because they were under the supervision of the other parent and the other parent would do everything to hate you, everything to make them hate you. That happened. So uh, she was at first, she was so happy to see me, right? And then it was good, but she was a little bit uh, threatened and then she was say, like every time I see her, uh, she will say, "I cannot bring anything. Bring anything back to Daddy's home uh, from your house." Like one day it was very, re- it was raining. It was very cold, and I uh, made her wear my jacket, and because you know all of the jackets were taken. But and and I I uh, put her warm fuzzy uh, socks. Because it was chilling, right? What she said, uh, she would wear it, but in the car. After I dropped her off at uh, her father's house, she would take them off, everything—the jacket and socks, everything—living in the car, saying, "I will be in trouble if I bring anything back from your house." That kind of threats. That kind of you know, uh, feeling they would have. That's so bad, right? That is so bad. The children have to feel that way. They're going to get in trouble only because they will bring something back from the other parents' house. How messed up is that? So I can get very angry and so emotional when I talk about it. And I, uh, what I did, uh, sorry, I I I try not to um, But uh, what I did to her is that I was as honest as possible. Like what happened? The facts, I laid out everything. But the emotion, I try not to show. That makes sense? I never tried to say anything bad about her father. I try not to. I probably did, but I tried not to my best. Uh, but I I told her, uh, look, remember, uh, you were gonna come with me to play at this, you know, my my friend's house at this date, but your father, without you know telling me, he took you to the other house, and she was like. And and he was telling me that it was your wish to go with them. I said that I'm, you know, I I shouldn't probably, but I said that because that's what he was making. In yeah, in the court document. And and then she said, "No, I didn't. I didn't tell him that. All I knew was that I was going to play with uh, my dad." Like you said, I I wanted to come with you, but, you know, I decided to come, to go with daddy only because you told me to. And I did that. And in the elevator, he would, you know, he he told me that you are going to this this person's house, which was, you know, my ex-friend, my ex-best friend's house. And she has the same year old boy. So she said, why? Uh, I thought I, I was going to play with you. And he said, you, you just go play with him. You like him? And she said, yes. And then and she played at their house for like eight hours. And then she fell asleep. And he just uh, carried her to the new house while she's sleeping. That's the fact. And that's what she told me. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have known. She told me all that. Because she told me what happened on that day. So I was trying to be as honest as possible, just for the facts, just for the facts. But I try not to show any emotions. But I, I probably not. I'm oh, good at it.
1: I understand. And going back to my question from before. How did you handle it? Or how did you react to her questions and tantrums, as you mentioned?
2: Yeah, she was mad to react to her, right? Uh, Her anger. I may have cried, which wasn't a very good job, uh, you know, for mother. But I may have cried. And then I I, I would have told her, that is not your fault. And I'm sorry. It always should have been between your father and me, but I'm sorry for making you suffer out of our
0: bad marriage.
2: I tried to explain in that context, but no uh, too much hate speech. But she would hit me, she would cry, and she had a very bad uh, tantrum. Back then, for like, you know, uh, six months. And it was very hard for me, too. Because, she, yeah, she, she, she would beat me up. She's only six, but I was hurtful. But I understood why she went that way. I understood how, how hurt, you know, how much hurt, you know, how, how much she, she was in pain.
1: What do you think the Japanese government should do to make sure it's fair for the parents and the children or to make sure that the family courts are effective? system or
0: laws that benefit child abusers all at once, but it has been impossible, right? Probably many people are trying, including us. Many people are trying. And some people might have had a bigger vo- voice might have you know do, done something bigger and they, i I think it's you know still going. but um but this corruption or money things or the things that they have uh more corrupted people stick together. does that make sense? I think you know uh, when we see a lot of sad news on TV or online, I always thought people who have unjust wealth would stick together and they got really, really bigger power and they they won't give up. On the other hand, those people like us, you know, who who try to make changes to make the world better, or you know, for good to do good things for Children in our future, for some reason, fall apart sometimes because they have been beaten up or uh, depressed by the fact there are so many bad guys out there, and that you cannot fight, fight uh, through. Like, who wouldn't wish for the worst peace? Who wouldn't wish for no wars ever? But uh, sometimes the people, greedy people, uh, who don't care anything about it, anybody else's business, are much stronger sometimes because they stick together and they are so consistent, consistently evil. That's sad, right? That's really sad. And um, sorry, I, I I don't you. Asked me uh, this ideological thing, but uh, I came to this point where um, only hope, I only hope that things would change. You know, the people who make money stick together only because that's the mutual benefit of all of them, you know, like Trump and other folks, right? But someone who is trying to fight for others' rights falls down only because they are too weak and they don't have much to cling on. And, or too depressed, I don't know. But I don't think that's right. I, I, so I, so I, I just want to look up and say, yeah, we got to do this because this is the right thing to do. This is the justice. We have to win and that's for the best to everybody else. We want everybody to have a right to access to our child regardless because we deserve it. And a child, child deserves it more than anybody else, right?
1: I totally agree with what you're saying. But if this is so common and it's been happening for a long time in Japan, why is there not many people speaking out about this? The people just don't get it. And we,
0: I don't know, but we feel shame first. Hey, my partner just kidnapped my child. That's something that you wouldn't say to your friends as greetings. So we would keep it secret for a while until we ourselves figure out what to do because we're in a panic mode already it's so hard it's just just hard to deal with I mean you you don't want to tell anybody about it even if it's not your fault you you feel like so this is why I think this is a totally child abuse and this is uh, terrible domestic violence because it's DV because you Control the other's mind. This is so hurtful that you just don't know what to do. And you don't want to go to your friends. You feel ashamed that you lose your child. I never knew this could happen to me. Probably no one would think this happened to anybody. And if your child was kidnapped, you would think this is all wrong and it's going to be fixed immediately has not and it will not happen in Japan if we let it as it is. And I didn't know that until it happened to me. So um, now that I'm so grateful to have my daughter back, but it's not for sure. It's, so I, I, I cannot lose her again. I cannot lose her again. So I will keep fighting. And uh, I, because I feel much happier and at ease now, I think I would do something to help others. Maybe helping is a selfish word to use, but uh, I want to do something to not make other parents feel as I did. And uh, This is exactly why I'm doing it now talking to you. I still don't know what I can do, but um, step by step, I've been learning. I would like to learn what I can do. And, yeah, I want to call for awareness because there are so many people like me that didn't know what's going to happen when something wrong between couples may end up losing a kid. And that was so wrong because... Conflicts between couples has nothing to do with the children's rights. And forcefully moving one child from one house to another can be justified, but that's not not the case. In most of the the case, the child got kidnapped only because parents are fighting. And one parent wants either a child support or the better, better condition before the divorce. Better, how can I say, they they want to take advantage of being the first custody holder to negotiate for their benefit. And that's wrong. That has nothing to do with the children's rights and that has nothing to do with what family court stands for. I think that is my belief and that's why I want to do something.
1: What is your message to all the left-behind parents just like you in Japan?
0: I will tell every, everybody, don't give up. I was told by many legal advisors or people who know what's going on um, to give up. Like my other lawyer and uh, the people I went to, they said it's 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 nice that you are able to see your daughter this much. There are more people who have only one hour a month situation, and then you are better off just keeping uh, this and letting uh my ex in charge just making him believe he can get whatever he wants to get. That way you get to see your daughter. But that's not you know, that's not what we signed for, right? We both agreed to get married and we both agreed to actually I uh, I I didn't think uh, I I didn't think so. I actually think um I'm the only one who decided to have a baby, and I wanted to keep her 100%. But we agreed to get married, that's for sure. So he has 50%, I have 50% of share of what we like to love, how we like to love our child. And doesn't have to change. That should not change only because someone is holding a child a hostage against another. That's not wrong. That's not good for a child. So don't give up. It's just your right to be a parent. Your right to keep your child in your life as much as your child keeping you in their life cuz having a child is a miracle i had two miscarriage, a uh, child uh not you know uh and like i told you i had one abortion so a child being born is a miracle itself so i I think they all deserve to be loved to the fullest of their life and be succeeded with the both spirits and many others, many others, other people in their surroundings to succeed in, the, in their life. And they deserve it. They deserve it. Just taking away those chances and love is a crime. This not as a um, uh, government's defining. This is crime, and this is not. This is just a crime. This is not not right. So keep that in your mind.
1: Thank you for doing this call, Akiko. And I know it must have been hard for you to explain these situations to us. We are doing our best to bring to light what is happening in Japan and I appreciate you being here telling us the story. Do you have any last messages to our listeners before we end this interview? Mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, to everyone, like all the parents, left behind parents, so kidnappers, whatever, uh, all the parents, I, I think, love your child and you see what's the most important thing to your child and you stick to it. And you remember what you have been treated by your parents. remember how you know, when you were happy with your parents and then you get to see what's the best for your children. And um, female or not female, male or not <laughs> male, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. If the law goes uh, better to you than others, you have to know there's something wrong. There is something wrong. If you feel you're privileged because of your male or female, there's something wrong in law, and you have to fight for it. Because it's going to go against you sometimes. And the divorce lawyer who advised anybody to kidnap your child, go to hell.
1: Thank you, Akiko, again for the interview. We at Find My Parent would like to highlight more stories from parents and children in Japan as we view the situation in Japan as completely horrible and the system needs a complete reform. With that said, if you're interested in supporting us to bring the attention to the situation in Japan and the people who are suffering from alienation and abduction there, please support our petition at www.change.org slash joincustodyjapan. Now, I would like to remind everyone that our goal here is to share knowledge with you guys and show that you are not alone in this. With that said, if you need specific legal advice, please get your own independent advice from a qualified legal practitioner. If you're a minor or if you happen to have difficulties in understanding certain parts within this episode, please approach a responsible adult or someone knowledgeable and ask them for clarifications. We have done our best to make sure that it doesn't offend anyone. And if you have further questions... Or comments regarding Find My Parent or this interview or Scott, you can mail me at sk at findmyparent.org. If you are someone who got separated from your own parent and would like to find your parent again, please go to findmyparent.org and fill out your details. With the help of our smart algorithms and matching technology, we hope to help you find your alienated parent again. If you're part of an NGO or even a private company passionate about this topic, please reach out through the contact us page at findmyparent.org and we hope to work together with you. Alright folks, that's it for today. Speak to you soon. Take care till then.